city weather intoxicates me with its sunny afternoons. Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most hip-hop city between Omaha, Salt Lake, and now Flagstaff. In this episode, a quick and dirty rundown of this week's headlines, <laughs> what's up with Lady Wu? And what's wrong with five points? And of course, some love and hate. I'm Jared, your host today, and with me in studio at the Five Points Media Center co-hosts, Joel, Vanessa, and Ron. How's it going, guys? Good morning. Right. And of course, our man behind the glass, Julian. And then uh, later in the show, we're bringing in special guest, Rue Johnson, Westward's hip-hop writer, who's going to tell us about her all-female Wu-Tang tribute show going on tomorrow. Uh, but first, some, some quick announcements. You can, of course... Uh, for our podcast listeners who are subscribers, you're, you're downloading us from DenverDiatribe.com. But we also stream live at NFNRadio.com. So check us out there. And then we are also uh, still presumably planning this live event on February 29th. Right, guys? Presumably. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Depictions of Denver. So chew on that and then uh, stay tuned. Spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so before we kind of get into some of our headlines, guys, I, uh, I wasn't on last week's show, but I, but I do have a, a slight, uh, correction I'd like to make, Ron, Uh-oh. when, Uh-oh. when you were was it talking about the Trader Joe's, <laughs> right, yes. coming to Colorado and how, Ron, you surmise that this meant that, uh, Congress here in the state was finally on the verge of changing the state liquor laws to allow supermarkets to sell full-strength alcohol uh, you took this as a sign, Trader Joe's, with its humongous, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, massive lobbying power, was finally shifting this. And but I but I must report that in the okay. in the state legislature, there are no current bills pending to try to uh, change that. Every single year, this you is. Look a, that up. You, went, you went. Down no, I called. No, I I did I did look <laughs> it up. There was Excellent. there's been articles, and but I did actually diatribe. call up uh, one of my friends, uh, John Schroyer, who's the political reporter for the Colorado Independent and covers the uh, not the Colorado yeah. Springs Gazette and covers the uh, Capitol. But uh, this year there, there are no bills. And this is usually this perennial thing where you have, you know, the liquor stores uh, and then the supermarkets are inserting their own uh, lobbying power. But this year they're not doing it. And one of the chief reasons was because they don't think that uh, Hickenlooper, because of his uh, Hell no. influence. <laughs> uh, Good. Him being him being a puppet of the craft beer industry here in Colorado wouldn't support it and possibly even video it. I've never been so happy to be wrong. Okay, <laughs> that, yeah, that's great. Good. I'm so 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 no full strength alcohol. Trader Joe's is fucked. But yeah, well, no, in, they one, get it in one, one store. Chuck store. One store. Yeah, so Probably they can have one place older. that has the uh, the two buck chuck, right? Yep. But it's but not actually it. two bucks, it's right? Like three no, or it's four now. three or four bucks now. False advertising. Uh, first news headline today, the uh, fees for trash pickup coming for Denverites. Uh, this is something, Vanessa, do you, do you actually know about this? How in Denver I, has this interesting thing where residents don't have to pay for trash pickup? Um, well, I, I, I used to be a Denver resident, oh. so I did know that, but I didn't know that the fees were coming. The... Uh, well, you possibly. want to explain this? It's, I mean, it's not as if it's definitely happening. I guess there was like a one-year research panel looking at how the city can deal with this massive budget shortfall. And one, and probably the most headline-grabbing recommendation was mostly pretty boring kind of bureaucratic stuff was have Denver residents pay for trash pickup 
like most other city residents like the around rest the of the country. And what's what's so funny about this is how they had to spend a year like slowly rolling this out <laughs> and having this panel that Warning was feed under under uh, 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 Mayor Vidal and now it's being released by under Hancock. But this is really, I mean, fuck police brutality. Of every single other issue. This is the third rail of Denver politics. It really is because people, residents here in Denver, are so used to this notion that you go and you throw whatever garbage you want into as the dumpster as right you in your alleyway. And the magic elves just come and turn it into rainbows, right? And it's, you don't need to worry about it. And, and, and what's or... funny is if you live on the outskirts near the, near the boundaries of Denver, like let's say near Lakewood or near Aurora, you can actually see... Uh, people coming in and driving into your neighborhood just really? so they can dump oh, yeah. a bunch of garbage into your dumpsters and completely fill them up. Have they thought about building a fence around Denver to stop such things? <laughs> that would, you know, you actually have to get, you have to use like a special like, scan pass to get into, you know, have these trash. But what do you guys up. think about this? I mean, do you think that we should be uh, considering charging for trash pickup like other cities, or is this, uh, is this a I, perk of being a okay, Denverite? I, I completely love that trash pickup is free. That's beautiful. But, you know, there, in addition to the budget thing, there's, there's some unintended benefits that would come with charging for trash. People would make less of it. I think people, if you charge them per barrel or go. per dumpster, pay as you go, you would have people making less trash than they do right now. And that's a good thing. So, I agree. So no, does that, that really happen, though? Do, do people really less make, like, no, make less trash? They would I mean, re- they would what are they going to do more. with I think they would they recycle, recycle more. more. But, yeah. and but they have to pay for recycling too. And, and, I have, and I have to say that um, I I just moved here. Well, I moved here from California a year ago, and I was in shock to find out that Colorado doesn't recycle. Yeah, yeah. Recycling here, with the exception of Boulder, is pretty piss poor. Oh, I, I grew up in Ro- I grew up in Roswell, New Mexico, and there they they actually they had recycling, but it was like in one there were du- there were recycling dumpsters in one grocery store parking lot. <laughs> And then the city in the 2000s has actually eliminated glass recycling. So, so when I come here, it seems like a lot. But yeah, compared to California, here, here's we don't the interesting thing, though, is that the way that the uh, Denver is set up is that the free trash pickup and free recycling is only for single-family home residents. Exactly. If you, if you live in an apartment yeah. building or a multifamily unit, then you don't. Oh no, uh, I'm, get paying, that I'm paying it, for my trash because I live in a condo. But aren't we already paying for? Free trash pickup through our property taxes. Yes, I mean, we this are. is this is the whole thing, and so they're going to be imposing an additional fee, a tax, an additional tax on top of us, on top of the money we're already paying from our. We we're already paying for it. I I don't I don't I guess I don't understand. That. I've never lived, and I've lived all over the state in a, in another place that had free trash service besides Denver. So to me, it, it doesn't make any sense. Now, in the property tax, like in the bills that wrote up the property taxes, does it specifically cite that that's what yeah, the funds will go that. to? I don't know, but it's always been this way, and there are so many uh, old residents here that the, that the notion that you're going to have to pay for trash pickup would be just earth shattering. And then, and then, what about the what about the urbanite kids downtown that they just get to shove their trash into a trash chute? Do they have to pay? See, yeah, they, yeah no, no, rude. rude. <laughs> that's me, right over here. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, yeah. let's 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 move on. Did any of you guys watch the State of the Union? Obama's State of the Union address the other night. I saw, I saw the entire world uh, I watched tweeting it. about it. I watched Hashtag it through Twitter. I w- and I, I watched pieces of it through Stuart and Colbert. So, no. And so no, did, no, no. No, but I intentionally held off because, because there's, this in, there's this, like, high-tech interactive version 
uh, of the where they have like charts and graphs put up right next to them. It's on YouTube now, so go look for it. Uh, so I wanted to wait so I could see that. The uh, Doug Lamborn, the Republican mm. uh, congressman from Colorado Springs, uh, raised a lot of hackles and made a lot of headlines because he actually sat out the State of the Union. He did a one-man boycott of uh, the State the of the Union. And everybody everyone really knows. missed him because Doug Lamborn is such, I mean, he, he's just such, he's the life of the party. You know, and we had actually, Doug Lamborn had been nominated he was as nominated. an asshole of the year. And we we're talking about, like, what did Doug Lamborn do? We couldn't remember. And then this made me remember the tar why, baby. The, the tar, tar baby yeah. comment where uh, he had said, yeah. uh, it was, it was kind of uh, convoluted how they, how this became a big story. But he said, touching President Obama's, pol- or supporting President Obama's policies is like touching a tar baby. Yeah. And that yeah. brought up a lot of Being associated with the president. And then he said, I don't even want to have to be associated with him. It's like touching a tar baby. And you get it. You know, you're stuck. And you're part of the problem now. And you can't get away. <laughs> well, and speaking, you know, of babies. As soon as it came out of his and mouth, then, and then he starts back in. It's like, actually oh, going to What I mean it. by tar, I meant La Brea tar pits. Oh, shit. Um, but, I, I but, I, but I like back. the baby end of that because... To me, the idea that you're just going to sit out and, like, I'm going to take my uh, ball and go home and, and not be part of the State of the Union address, I mean, does, does he sort of have a leg to stand on? Like, let's, let's imagine that this was during the George Bush presidency and there were some very lefty uh, led, uh, Congress people out there and they said, I'm not going to go because I don't support uh, the wars and all of this. Would that be a legitimate protest? Would we see it the other, on the other end? Or? Uh, no. Why? Why? Uh, because you're a member of Congress. You're working with the president. You need to, I mean, if, it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree. You should be there. Yeah, I think, I think the State of the Union is one of those mandatory attendance things for Congress where they have to show up and do their goddamn job of standing up and clapping and sitting down and standing up and clapping and clapping at this and clapping at that. That's what they're supposed to do. They don't show up for so many other things. The least they could do is show up for this one big meeting. Yeah, and I don't think they need to stand up and clap. I just think it's part of your job, like right. You're so that's what you're supposed to like. If you have to, if you don't want to work with the president, then don't be a member of Congress. But but that's not why he is a member of Congress. He's you know he's basically there to kind of create headlines to get attention to himself. So he's doing exactly what he has to do. Yeah, which is but send out stupid press releases. I mean, I don't okay. know. Does yeah, anybody care about this guy outside of You've got to give him credit for, giving it, for, for being a minor character who's given himself a disproportionate amount of attention for what he's doing. Well, he's already in the running for <laughs> Asshole of the Year 2012. I know. He's there. He's, 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 should be asshole. The he's been Asshole of the Year since he, he's been elected. All right. Let's Has he filed his papers yet for that? Because I know the deadline for us is coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. We'll send yeah. him to him. Oh, yeah. I'll send some okay, to him this good. week. Okay. Well, let, let, let's move on and let's bring in uh, Rue Johnson. She's, she's putting on her headphones as we speak. How you, how you doing, Rue? I'm good. How are you? Uh, not only is she a Westward uh, music writer, but she's also the guru of late night tweeting. I Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. It's like sleeping is forbidden. I tweet while I'm sleeping. I tweet while I'm awake. I tweet while I drink water. I tweet all the time. Uh, it's exciting, it, it, like, your follow, tweet. There's you, weird her. stuff going on. It's always craziness. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I think it's just such a kind of smorgasbord of whatever is happening at the time, you know, which is great. That's kind of what microblogging is good for, you know, for yeah, me anyway. So we, we were we were discussing whenever we were all arguing about who got to be on the show and we all wanted to be on at the same time. 
I was actually going to sit on the couch and tweet <laughs> in the style of Rue oh, while I, we were here. I was going to live tweet the whole thing. That's so quote funny. You. Yes, that's great. Because I mean, and because I'm a writer and that's usually why people are reading things that I'm saying. So if I'm at a show and there's crazy stuff happening like that helps me hone how I review shows and how I observe things mm-hmm. by just putting it out on Twitter and <laughs> seeing what happens. I got I got to call you out on something, though, because here we go. When, when you're on Twitter, <laughs> you, the last time you were on the show with us. You said, I'm not a poet. I have piercings, I'm black, I got to, you know, right. all that, but, right. I, but I'm not a poet. I'm not. I look like one. My poetry is terrible. <laughs> but on Twitter, you're pretty poetic. You get, you, you get deeper than most. Particularly oh, later in the cool. night. The later it gets, the flow. Exactly. The more vodka sodas there are, the more yeah. lemons, the more yeah. limes. Yeah. The louder yeah. the crowd. <laughs> the Just the very, very abstract exactly. poetry going on late at night. And, and you, so anyway, you have a, uh, event going on tomorrow on Saturday. Yeah, it's I can't believe we're already here, but we are. So, t- so tell us about it. Um, the Lady Wu Tang is an all female Wu Tang Clan cover band, and this is the one year anniversary show. And so this time last year, we had already done the show, but we're gearing up to celebrate uh, one year of being together and of just all these fierce, fierce, badass women from Denver who do their art in all these variety of ways. They've come together for this performance theater style um, and, collaboration. And, so, and so we'll get some details on, on where this is going on, but let's listen mm-hmm. to a clip. Uh, this is from last year, mm-hmm. and uh, let's see if it can actually pull up on my laptop. Triumph. Great. I love this. Socrates, philosophies, and hypotheses Can't define how I be dropping these mockeries Lyrically perform armed robbery Free with the lottery Possibly they spotted me Battle scar, showgun, explosion when the pin hits tr- Alright, uh, wow. so t- tell us uh, where this is going on, what time, and what people can expect if they go. It's going to be at City Hall, uh, City Hall Amphitheater, 1144 Broadway. I love that venue. It's perfect for this. Just large enough, but small enough that we can still, it can still be grimy. Because last year style. it was like at the Walnut Room. It was at the Walnut Room. Super tight. There was a line out the door before, during sound checks. So the Walnut Room, from a sound perspective and for everything that we were looking for, was great. But for this one-year anniversary show, we wanted to expand um, because we have some theatrics and shenanigans um, Shenaniganery. Mm. It's going to be so real. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be so real. Um, But they have all these things that they want to do. And so from a space perspective and crowd, we wanted to be able to accommodate everyone who wanted to see the show. So, Okay. And so uh, we actually have some guest uh, list spots that we'll be able to give out to. Oh, uh, we're going to do a giveaway. We're going to do a giveaway. This is a a first, actually. Uh, I mean, we, we have things to give away. We should just give them away. So two yeah. guest list spots. But the way that mm-hmm. I want to do this is, Rue, if you could drop a piece of Wu-Tang trivia and the person who hears this and then goes to our Facebook page and posts the correct answer on our wall will get those guest list spots. So Perfect. do you have some trivia? Yes. Um, what is the name, the, the, the two prominent um, project housing projects that Ghostface Killer and um, the whole entire Wu-Tang Clan represent in their rhymes? And a hint that goes with that is that it's also the name of two neighborhoods here in Denver. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh. good one. I have no idea what that would be. I've, 
I, zero Wu-Tang knowledge. Well, it's, it's one of my great failures. Well, it's, they, so they, they mention these housing projects a lot in their rhymes, but, but, like but, being but, from there and all but, that. But, but, not too much. No, don't okay, give them too not much. Not too much. All right. No, okay. If you think so, about it, it's not too hard. <laughs> go to our, yes. if you're already a, our, one of our followers or friends on Facebook, you can uh, just hop on there and leave the correct answer or go to denverdiatribe.com. You can find a link to our Facebook page, post the correct answer, and then we will figure out a way to get your name on that guest list. Yeah, for I'd will call or something. And this, right. uh, obviously, we should say, is not for our podcast listeners. Uh, if you're listening after Saturday, after, what's the date tomorrow? The yeah, sorry. Oh, the if, if you download this tomorrow, you might be too late. But, it, you know, it's worth checking it out. Go check out yeah, our Facebook see, page. Maybe see if there's the somebody still one. there. Or right. maybe people are guessing uh, the wrong answers. But the date tomorrow, that's what I'm thinking. 27th? Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, okay let's move on to uh, our third topic. What is wrong with five points? Over the past decade, Denver has seen many of its down and out business districts revitalized with new businesses and new life. I'm thinking things like South Broadway, Lodo, Highland Square, 17th Street, but Welton Street and Five Points, the actual street that uh, the Five Points Media Center is on, remains filled with closed up storefronts and few customers. And the interesting thing is that for Denver history buffs will know that Five Points was once the economic and cultural heart of Denver's black community. But if you ask any uh, African-American in towns, particularly young people, where they would go to shop, hear music, when they want to do something on a Friday night, the last place they would go is Five Points, a strip right here. So, uh, Rue, you're our guest, and you are also African-American mm-hmm. and young. Would, what do you think of when <laughs> check, you check, go check. to... <laughs> would you ever come to this street, to, to Five Points, to, to do anything other than to come here and do radio show so that's funny because um five points and all of its historic you know grandeurs is how i was introduced to the black community in denver but i don't ever really hang out down here um when cafe mm-hmm. nuba was at the roxy that was when i the most time that i spent here if i'm at cervantes or something like that but i don't typically come here to party unless it's for something specific when i was coming to the diatribe i thought about oh i should go hang out at coffee at the point after um, the show because I'm here so I should just go like have a coffee and because I'm just not really on this side of town that much but I would be where they're were vitalized I guess you know yeah and coffee at the point is is probably one of the or it's one of the only actual functioning mm-hmm. businesses so, there. Uh, Welton Street Cafe is awesome yeah, I, 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 I love Welton Street Cafe but it's in I mean for the white community of Denver I think it's a little intimidating you walk in and it's like it's like Baptist Southern Baptist mm-hmm. Sunday after church in there. Mm-hmm. I, folks, folks are just hanging out, and I, I think that's that's disconcerting for some folks. I think they're I don't know. It's tough for me. Well, well I, I love Five Points as a neighborhood. I yeah, but but, but, it's but on the but tr- it still it's doesn't on make the light rail line exactly, and that's what well, doesn't what do make do sense to me. Other than go to these cafes, I mean, I mean, what like what would change it? Like, what would it really take? Well, I mean, what, what, what did it take to revitalize a lot of these other neighborhood business districts, right? Like the five points away, it looks now. Some waspy yeah. rest, fancy restaurant comes exactly. in with fusion food. That's or a sunflower market. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so is that one of the reasons why we don't see uh, these businesses actually turning over? Like it doesn't make sense to me that you can have these other areas where there certainly is a demand, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, it's surrounded uh, by uh, truly a dense... Uh, neighborhood, people want to co- have a place to come to go shop and eat, um, as been dem- as has been demonstrated with some of these other business districts. But why not 
five points. Why aren't we seeing some of these businesses, even by uh, black business owners, opening up and starting new businesses and catering to that community? You know, one thing I think is interesting is there is that kind of family atmosphere that just exists in five points in general. Mm -hmm. And so it is going to spill over to the business perspective, like Welton Street Cafe. You go in there and it's about the ambiance. It is not about getting your macaroni and cheese out timely. It's about sitting down with the people that you're with. So some of those things are, are good and useful. And I think continue, it cultivates the culture that was already here. And I think that's something that is good that we preserve. Um, I know that the marquee being moved from the Roxy was something that struck pretty deeply um, within the black community simply because it had just been there for so long. Um, but then on the other hand, there are some businesses. There's a great place that I like to go and get earrings from that's never open. I have no idea when that place is open. I'm going to yeah. go by there after I leave here because there's a pair of earrings that I want, but I'll go there. Sometimes she's open. Sometimes she's not. Yeah. You don't know. So it, that's just, I think that some of those things involve consistency and do involve just kind of putting a little bit of new breath um, under under these new business, under these old businesses. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of what's happening, like, in downtown Pueblo right now. Like, that's, like, the, they've never been able to get businesses there. But now that other businesses have the support, and they're doing things like, hey, we all need to be open, like, around the same time. So when people come down here to shop as a, an area, like, you're not just going to go and, and go to one place, right? You're probably going to want to walk around and go get food or go... And get your earrings. You don't. You're not going to drive into another place if, if you don't know. You know, it, it is. It's a consistency problem. Well, here, here, here's also here, here, here when you when you have a little tiny neighborhood with a bunch of when when everybody's family in a neighborhood, you don't have to be consistent because you know when your five customers are going to show up. So that's when you open and you don't open up for anybody else. Here, here's my take on on five points. And what I really wonder is if it's history, if it's history is actually getting in the way of it being revitalized or businesses opening up. Because as we've clearly seen this, it may be a, a part of African-American Denver in, in theory, and there are a few businesses that are remaining, but, it, but in practice, it really isn't. It, it's, it's not a, really a place where a lot of people uh, will come down here, even from the African-American community or otherwise. So what, what, I guess then what would it take going forward to actually see some of uh, these businesses revitalized? Or do we just sort of say, well, anything that is an African-American business owned is gentrification and that's bad and it's going to remain sort of boarded up. Shop. I don't think that's the case necessarily. I mean, I, I'm also from Brooklyn and so you go back to Brooklyn now and it looks way different than it used to. So it's not like gentrification is like the entire end of the world, but the preservation of culture I think is what's important. Mm -hmm. And with, I think the respect and understanding of preservation of culture, there can be newer businesses that come in that I think balance it out. Agreed. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. that, that hasn't happened though in other places in Denver. So I think there is probably a hesitation I mean, where have we seen that anywhere? Where has the Latino community been preserved yeah. in, a, in an area of gentrification? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. So I, I think there's also probably Denver's going to have to really, like, there would have to be some kind of trust built up to, you know. But, I mean, the, the Latino community does have its areas that um, are Latino-owned businesses that cater to uh, Latinos south federal. You know, it, it maybe not be have a, rooted in history, but... In practice, that's where people will go. It, that's where they a, live. Right, that's a, where people live now. A, but when you're talking about historic, area. when you're talking about historically, though, we're talking about you know West Denver uh, Highland. There is no trace anymore. I mean, that's that used to be that is the historic Latino community of really like urban, like downtown Denver, and it's gone. 
it's totally gone. Okay, well, let, let's move on unless uh, any final topics. Joel, what's your take? No, I just enjoyed listening to you guys talk about it for a bit. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> uh, listeners out there, send us an email, info at Denver Diatribe, or leave us a voicemail message at 720-282-YELL. Tell us your ideas for you know, what you'd like to see in Five Points as far as businesses and uh, you know, other cool things that maybe you like about Five Points now. Uh, so let's move on. Love and hates. Guys, we got, what, about five minutes left? Uh, Rue Johnson, you're our guest. What do you want to love or hate on this week? I want to, I want to love how many, all the, all the really cool celebrities and hip hop that is going down in Denver this week. There's a, there was a lot. Nas was in Aspen. Um, Raekwon was at Castleman's last night. The Lady Wu-Tang got to perform with him. It was crazy and amazing. Dilated Peoples was here. Twista was here. Um, there was just been a ton of performances and I love how many people have been in the streets in the city listening to live music and flailing their bodies all over the place. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> shenanigans? It's, it's Were there shenanigans? There's so many shenanigans. <laughs> so I, I've just, I've loved it. It's been a great week and excited to close it out with an even greater show. So it's going to be awesome. All right. Awesome. Great. Vanessa. Uh, I'm going to give some love to uh, the Magic Cyclops who was on um, American Idol this week uh, in Aspen. And did, uh, he, he was wonderful. Performed very, very well. I think it, he was excellent. I'm sure some people were very... Um, confused and didn't really understand what was going on but if you're from colorado you probably know magic should we Cyclops. post should we post that video absolutely. clip it's, it's, it's absolutely it's up on our facebook page we'll put it elsewhere as well. it's astounding yeah it is <laughs> phenomenal really quite remarkable ron love or hate <laughs> um i'm i've been doing a lot of hate lately so i'm gonna do some love i'm gonna love on colorado's uh girl scouts of america program for allowing in a transgendered uh their first transgendered girl scout and uh, for staying strong despite the California girls who, there's just some California girl that's protesting the whole thing and saying that Girl Scouts shouldn't do that sort of thing. Where, where, wow. which, which troop uh, was this where they let in a transgender it's, Girl Scout? It's uh, up north. I got I to gotta check the details. They didn't disclose because they're up trying. Up north in Colorado or uh, somewhere? In, nor- in northern Colorado. I think oh. it's in Fort Collins. They're, they're trying to keep it. They're trying to keep the troop secret and protected yeah. because they were concerned about the transgender child. And what does this mean for cookies? Well, that's the thing. They're saying <laughs> that's all that really matters. Of course, this girl. Let's get to the beat of the matter. There's this 13 year old girl, Girl Scout in California, who is saying is calling a boycott on Girl Scout cookies um, because she's against this transgender child being in uh, in the Girl Scouts. That's so, just cool. not going to happen. They so just released an app, a Girl Scout cookie app. That's so what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Good Girl luck Scout, to her. Girl Scout not cookies happening. are on sale right now. I'm get buying you, my cookies your right now on my folks. phone as I talk. <laughs> get your wheelbarrows, <laughs> folks, and, uh, buy and go buy. Can we send a boy scout? Uh, not a boy scout, eh? <laughs> a boycott back to California? Like, what can, what can, we, what can we boycott California? Raisins? <laughs> no, can we not buy raisins anymore? Wine. Yeah, wine. Oh, I, don't I don't know if I can boycott oh, wine, gosh. but I can do, not buy can do their raisins. skinny white bitches. Because <laughs> that's have you. Have you been buying skinny white bitches from California? Well, no, they, 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 <laughs> is that what's been coming in the mail at your place? Is that what's going on? Those Ron, packages. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Right. Sorry, honey. Those are Ron's uh, Girl sorry. Scout oh. cookies. <laughs> okay, Joel. Get your cookies yeah. here. Wow. Okay. I don't know if I can follow that. Um, I actually have some love as well. It's a big, it's a big love fest this week. I'm loving on another uh, local boy done good, along with Magic Cyclops. Um, Daniel Jung, uh, local filmmaker, uh, just got nominated for his second Academy Award this week for his short-form documentary, uh, Saving Face, which is about uh, some of the women in Pakistan uh, recovering 
and fighting uh, legally for uh, the acid attacks that they've suffered. I think it's going to be on HBO this coming March. He's just doing, this guy's just killing it. Uh, Daniel's getting films all over the place. Um, he grew up in Wyoming, and he's stuck pretty close to home and just doing really good stuff. Yeah, so, so keep an eye out for him at the Oscars. Okay, I want to love on a really interesting article that was in the New Yorker. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but it's a big profile, a sort of profile about uh, uh, Colorado's wealthiest reclusive billionaire, Phil Anschutz. Mm-hmm. Did either you, any of you guys check this out? It, it was because this guy, you, what you learn from this is he pretty much owns everything on the face of the earth. Oh, arena, in everything, Colorado, yeah. but then also California. in California, in LA, he pretty much owns all of downtown LA and because he hasn't done any media interviews since the beginning of time, they had to actually do a, uh, it was mostly a, a long profile interview uh, by default by uh, profiling his main business partner there in LA, but check it out, and you are—it's just shocking how much stuff this guy owns, and that he lives right here in Denver. So that's uh, all the love and hate we have for this week. If you have something to say about today's topics, or would like to share a little love or hate of your own, please leave a brief message at seven two zero two eight two yell, and we will uh, like playing some of those messages every single week. So. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys, for a great episode, Rue. People yes. can go uh, check out your event tomorrow. Absolutely. City Hall, 1144 Broadway. They can purchase tickets at co-clubs, co-clubs.com. $10 at the door. Shenaniganery. Fire. All right. Our theme music is by the band Houses off their summer EP. You can subscribe to the Denver Diatribe podcast on iTunes and Google Listen and say hello to us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, for more information, check out our website, Denver Diatri- denverdiatribe.com. Thanks a lot for listening. That's why I'm saying, oh, we'd sit it down.